Hello, Teslin. Hey, Monica. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode, February 16th. Yeah, what are we talking about today? Well, you know, February is fast fashion discussion, right? Right. Uh, And we talked about the problems with fast fashion, and we talked about thrifting. And then I have a friend that is actually a local clothing designer that is focused on sustainability, and I thought it would be really fun to chat with him. That's amazing. Yeah. So a few years ago, he started Alberta Apparel. And like I said, it's a Calgary-based company. And they're really focused on bringing awareness and style to Albertans. Um, Really focused on like creating a kind of a culture or like a brand or like a lifestyle kind of behind Calgary, YYC, right? Perfect. Yeah. So they believe in supporting local economy and all of their decorating work, silk screening, embroidery is done right here in Alberta. So 80% of the money you spend stays in the province. That's amazing. That's everything that we were talking about working towards being conscious of. And here we are. Yeah, I know. It just worked out perfectly that uh, I kind of had them in the Rolodex. Cool. Um, so I'm also going to urge people to listen to a podcast. Uh, he's had a few interviews and podcasts. Of course, he's doing some fantastic things. And like I said, that advocacy piece, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a gal that has a podcast called self agency advocate podcast, rethinking stylish conscious consumerism. Okay. So I will urge anybody to listen to that because there is some discussion around his beginnings and some of the trailblazing efforts he put forth on behalf of the fashion industry. And I didn't really want to repeat the whole same podcast situation. So we kind of get into some other conversations. I do want to ask him about just like running a sustainable business, first of all, in Alberta, right? Yeah, I can't imagine that's an easy thing to do. Yeah. And then... You know, that balance between a sustainable, and you and I have talked about this, that sustainable business versus building a profit and, yeah, that piece. Right, like where's the balance between staying true to sustainability and actually, like, putting food on the table for your family? And the last thing I really want to pick his brain about is uh, we talked about the labeling. Remember how we talked about whose responsibility is it? Um, As he's an advocate for, you know, staying away from fast fashion, like, is it his job as a clothing manufacturer to do this? Or is it the government? Or is it, you know, we've been talking to consumers that you should be a conscious consumer. So where, where does that happen? Yeah. How does that trickle down to to us, right? Well, yeah, like what's everybody's part in it? Because especially he's coming from um, that manufacturer or designer at um, perspective versus us at the consumer perspective, right? Right, totally. Yeah. Well, I okay. Can't wait well, to hear. yeah. Let's dial him up and then uh, we'll chat after. Sounds great. Okay. Hi, Tommy. Thanks for joining us today. Hi. How's it going? Good. Thanks, good. Thanks yeah. Me. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, this month, you fall into our third week, and we're discussing fast fashion here at InCircle. Yes. And I thought you would be a perfect person to connect with um, about sustainability in Alberta. It was something that kind of Tesla and I continued to play with and chat about even after the episode around clothing and the overall 
idea around consumerism, how it's evolved, uh, you know, with social media over the last 20 years, let's say, mm-hmm. um, it, it's just it's kind of gone out of control and that there's a shift that we really need to focus on buying secondhand items um, or locally sustainably made products and move away from that fast fashion. Right. Your podcast with the self-advocacy gal and you did uh, mention three things and I'd like to quickly bring those to attention Um, I like that you said them because it shows that you stand behind your brand and your mission, what you guys are trying to do there at Alberta Apparel. So I just quickly want to reiterate what you said um, on her podcast is the three ways that somebody could be more conscious uh, consumer is your conscious buying. You're thinking about why you're buying it. Number two, you're buying used, uh, whether it's consignment shops, thrifting, et cetera. And number three, a budget on clothing. There's a fantastic um, thrift community in Alberta. Yeah. Uh, Not only on the thrift store side, but also on the consignment side. There's tons of people doing a lot of uh, repurposing and thrifting boutiques. Um, And we have a really great selection in Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and, and, you know, for me, you and I are a bit different. I, I don't thrift at all. I do not go to secondhand stores. I never have. It's not that I have anything against them at all. Yeah. Uh, I just, for whatever reason, I don't. But also, I'm the guy that when I buy something, like I was telling my wife the other day, I have this jacket from Merrill. It's like, you know, yeah. 13 years old. Yeah. I've worn it <laughs> hundreds of times. And I said, I'm going to go, I'm going to try to sell, sell this thing on, on Facebook for 20 bucks yeah. <laughs> because somebody will probably use it more than I will. And if I can't sell it, then I'll donate it to wins, which means someone else will get it right. that will need it. So th- that's kind of my approach. Yeah. So it's good that, you know, on this conversation, you and I have very different approaches Yeah. when it comes to thrifting, you know, asking why you need it is fantastic. Um, I asked that question, like, do I have something like this? If I don't, then I'm, more likely to buy it doesn't guarantee right. it and then if i have multiple items like it i'm not going to buy it just because it looks yeah. cool and then you know setting a, a i can forget the number two but number three setting a budget i don't set a budget but because i have so much clothing that is 10 15 20 years old i don't buy a right. lot right and then when i do get rid of it it's like it's old it's yeah. like most of my stuff i donate or i sell is like 10 years plus old. right um, and it's in good shape. Like it doesn't look like it's 10 years yeah. old. Um, so, so it's good that, you know, you and I have different perspectives. I don't know if you have a list of the thrift shops in Calgary, but I do have oh, one. Nice. Um, it's outdated. It's over a year old now, but I believe there are like 35 to 40 shops, like physical shops yeah. on there. Um, the one challenge with thrifting and if you have the time and you live near one on Edmonton trail, um just up the hill right the princess boutique yeah like i said there's such a range and we discussed this last week there's such a range in calgary you can go like i said from the women's uh the winds and the goodwills all the way to mm-hmm. the boutiques um yeah i'm not sure exactly which one you're referring to uh but there's a few uh actually around here now on edmonton trail so yeah, yeah. um so yeah i mean if you want i can say that list which yeah. if you want to share that'd with be great or for sure it. Um, I have the dig, but I know I've got somewhere. Yeah. And then 
the, the thing is, and this is not, I don't want to mention this as a negative. The one thing that thrifting it's challenging is with is like, as you know, you have to go often to find something you like or yes. find something that fits mm-hmm. you, right? You can't just buy it online because they don't have a full size curve for one yeah. product. It's one of one. It's unique, which is awesome. Um, so it depend depending on people, like one person, when I did a, a, a fireside chat about this topic was the person said, well, you know, it's not accessible. Like it, I can't drive to these places because I don't have a car or there's not a lot of them. And I said, well, that's a good point. You know, if you don't have a car, there, there's other challenges there. Um, and, you know, there's, they're, they're not like on every corner, so to mm-hmm. speak, but we have to start somewhere and they are becoming more trendy. The, the stigmatism of, Hey, you, you know, you know, people who go to thrift are, are poor right. or they go, it's, it's dirty. Like that, that whole thing is being turned around, which is fantastic. You see a lot of bloggers now talking about yeah. thrifting and actually doing it, which is awesome. Um, and Calgary to me on the surface doesn't strike me as that type of city, but it is becoming that city, um, which is awesome to see. Like you see all these cool pictures and photographers and models doing thrifting and it's influencing people in the right way. So it's providing business to these local shops and it's keeping these, this clothing in the loop loop. versus a landfill or yeah, or being shipped to, you know, another country which is what happens with clothing that can't be used right. here right yeah i mean the, the the problems are endless i agree and then i also love that yes that maybe the bloggers and maybe um some of the trends can kind of come around i wish that calgary was a little bit more la and a little bit less texas you know um <laughs> where there's a little bit more mm-hmm. individualism and like that's what you talked about the thrifting um that I love about it, you know, finding a vintage dress that nobody else, like I go to a party and nobody else is going to be wearing this dress. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to shift the conversation a little bit from fast fashion that we talked about last week with secondhand items to, to the business aspect of running a mm-hmm. sustainable business. Um, so I do want your input on that because your perspective, um, on some of these big questions that you've explored yourself as a business owner, right? On Yeah. Yeah. So let's go there. Um, so what I want to really, like I said, some of the things that Tesla and I kept playing with is like, how do you conduct business so that people are aware of how you and your company run your ethics, your values and how important they are to you? Yeah. I, you know, I'm not sure who you've interviewed so far for the fashion side, but obviously we are a business. We are a for-profit business. Um, you know, we want to make money. We have to make money. Um, I think that much is obvious. Um, and th- at the same time, we are not trying to greenwash people with messaging of what we do because we know that in our business, it takes, approximately you know one whole pool of water like a swimming pool of Mm -hmm. water to produce a t-shirt or a pair of jeans depending on who you talk to and the research done Mm -hmm. we know that there's a lot of uh, dyes used Um, some are more harmful than others uh, to produce t-shirts to dye your sweaters etc 
and transportation, um, you know, and you get into other topics such as child labor, um, right. you know, how, how people are treated in general, how they're paid, their benefits, um, their rights. And then, you know, so there's a lot of different subtopics there that in themselves are, are major topics. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the, and so that's part of the reason for us when, you know, when we look at how we operate, it's a very organic approach in a sense that we don't shove a lot of buy now messages down people's throats. Mm-hmm. We don't have sales every week or every month. Right. We don't come out with new designs all the time mm-hmm. uh, that are, you know, quote unquote fashionable. And we don't uh, look at this as a typical buying pattern where in the retail wholesale world, your typical pattern is four seasons of buy. Right in the past, but brands like H&M and others um, out there that uh, are large and are, you know, multinational corporations started moving towards um, a 12 month buying cycle Yeah, where they're coming out with new stuff every month. And then even weekly in some cases, because I feel that, you know, and, and once again, this is going off on a tangent, but if you look at social media and the, access people have to information on their phone on this little device yeah within seconds they can see things and say oh well, that's a new t-shirt that's so cool let me go get it oh i just ordered it online within one minute and it's delivered within days and it's so easy to do that it, right it's almost too easy and that's what we were talking about is that it, it's just that attention span that investment yep. piece i mean we kind yep. of um, totally yeah, I looked at that. So where does your responsibility and your values end versus now sourcing somebody who's got new fabric to ensure that they're doing it also sustainably and responsibly? Yeah, good question. Yeah, it's, I think part of it is just trusting them. Part of it is just having a good relationship. Yeah. Part of it is I have, when I first started the company, you know, coming up almost six years ago, is to vet them, uh, look at their factories. I've, I've physically gone to every factory in Canada that I source from. Oh, wow. I don't go there every year, but I have seen, uh, done tours of the factories I've gone to. They're not huge compared to other factories like in China or Pakistan. Right. Would be. Um, and then some of them do use certain certifications that are known globally. So we've looked at one in particular, which is Ecotech, um, and it's it is a fairly high standard out of uh, Switzerland. Okay. Um. So so these are you know we don't imagine to be ever a standard for the textiles themselves. Mm-hmm. We rely on other bodies to do that, and then we have to rely on them to say, okay, well, we feel they've done the best work that we think is possible uh, in in today's world. Having said that, there are so many different standards. Um, you know, yeah. so there's, there's a lot of other acronyms and a lot of other organizations out there that I won't go through, but they have their own standards and they might be similar. Um, but it, it's hard to know which is the best at the end of the day, like you mentioned thrift mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think some very basic values are important, which I'm sure you've, you've already gone through you know, when you buy something, you know, even if it's $10, uh, or if it's a hundred dollar shirt, you know, hopefully 
it doesn't go the landfill for a long time. Yeah. Um, there's a stat in Canada, um, and, and don't quote me on this, but the average Canadian will throw out something like, I believe it's around 60% of their clothing each year. Yeah, isn't that sad? Uh, so, so I don't know if that's entirely accurate because I haven't actually looked into the study myself, mm-hmm. but regardless of what the number is, um, clothing like t-shirts should last at least five years, if not maybe even 15 years, depending on how often you wear it and wash it Yeah, and, and jeans too, and sweaters and jackets. Like I have jackets that are over a decade old <laughs> and no problem. And yeah. I wear stuff. I have a jacket that my dad used to wear. So it's right. older than I am. Um, and so I think the, the big message there is just when you buy something, try to hold on to it for a long time, treat it with care. And then it, it becomes cool. It becomes retro. It becomes faded and it's got holes in it. Um, and then, you know, if you're going to pass it on to someone or donate it, that's also great. Yeah. Um, because as long as we can keep things out of the landfill for a longer period of time, that's one of the biggest factors. Yeah. Um, but as a result of holding on to clothing longer, in, in theory, your demand for clothing, for new clothing goes down because you're not cycling through, cycling through stuff as quickly. Right. Yeah. So hopefully that will create less demand from new clothing companies, including myself, which I'm totally fine with. Um, and so there's less of a demand for production, for dyes, yeah. transportation, water usage, cotton growing, etc. Yeah, it's such a crazy, I mean, almost everything we've talked about with sustainability is such an all-encompassing conversation. You kind of end up going down this little rabbit hole. And similarly, with this conversation with fashion, mm-hmm. it's the same idea um, that you want to be a sustainable company, you want to support local, but that's obviously there's some it's got to set up some limitations and challenges for you at some point oh absolutely yeah and and and, you know to be 100 percent transparent for us as a company you know we are like i and my family we are not reliant on alberta apparel as the sole income which also helps because you know for a family of four to rely on a small business one small business um you know, it's not, it's not Mm -hmm. feasible, like not with our lifestyle, to be honest with you, it's just not. So, so for us, like, um, you know, the, the values that we look at is when we talk to clients, we always talk about made in Canada, which means to the average person who doesn't understand the industry, it means the cut and sew is done in Canada, which means the labor is done here under, uh, you know, supervision using certain laws to protect the workers, to pay them right. properly, to treat them fairly. Uh, and also in a lot of cases for us, the product that we use is also knitted and dyed in Canada, which means more of the work, more of the revenue stays in Canada versus outsourcing it to other countries. But that also means we're paying them more money. That means that t-shirt costs more money. It costs double, sometimes triple what you would pay for a shirt made in Nicaragua mm-hmm or China or Pakistan. So that's one of the biggest values we say made in Canada. And the reason we say that is because, you know, you can buy t-shirts made in Canada, mm-hmm. okay? They're available. It's not proprietary technology that is, you don't, you right. don't have a choice. 
it's only available from this country. You can buy t-shirts made in Canada, no problem. It's your choice whether you can afford that or you want to set the budget to that and advertise that and be proud yeah. of that. So, so we talk about like, to go off on a bit of a tangent here, we talk about being local. Well, yeah, we're local. You know, I have competitors that are local, but are those competitors being local themselves? And that's what we're trying to push is being local and push that right. message. Um, the other message we push too is like, you know, we, maybe we don't do enough, uh, like good enough job of it, but we want to make sure we tell people that like, this is not fast fashion. That's why we don't come out with a lot of new styles because once you buy that t-shirt, like we want you to love that t-shirt and wear it all the time. Now, maybe people are telling me they wear it all the time because they like the brand or because they're my friend, but I, I really believe that, you know, when they say, oh, these are really comfortable, we wear them all the time, that they right. actually do um, because they're not buying stuff for me all the time, which I'm totally fine with. If you want to buy one or two pieces for yourself, for gifts, that's great. And then in a couple of years, buy something else when we come out with a new design, but we're not coming out with new stuff yeah. all the time and expecting the same people to buy different stuff from us all the time. It's really just like a slow growth and right. it's worked. Like, we're carried in the airports in Calgary and Edmonton. Why? Because we're a local brand. Why? Because we're made in Canada. And there's a story behind that. There's not a lot of clothing companies that can say they are small, locally owned, and they'll, they also source locally and they contribute back to their economy. There's not a lot of clothing companies right. that can say that, which we're fairly proud. Yeah. Of. That's awesome. Do you think, um, you know, in short, does it fall like you, obviously you were talking about your mission and your values around your brand. Like, is it a group effort in that it falls onto the consumer to look into this company or does it fall on the company to operate ethically or does it fall on government to maybe step in at this point and be like, this is obviously a problem and we need to regulate this industry? Oof, yeah, you know, so as a side note, I have done some work with, um, it's a global nonprofit called Fast uh, Fashion yes. Revolution, and so I have been a part of the the Calgary chapter here. I'm hoping to kind of reactivate it once COVID is over. Um, and that part of it is like we're not in Fashion Revolution here. We're not advocating for that from a government level, but we are pushing from an education uh, and grassroots yeah. level to people to end users here in calgary and so yeah some awareness and generating the conversations yeah awareness yep conversation yeah having discussions doing presentations talking about different technologies right. or brands and you know getting people to ask questions and to come back year after year so we probably won't have one in april because uh obviously covid is an issue but uh and there wasn't one last year but i'm hoping to reactivate the that uh... it's like you don't even think about oh i could be a scientist that makes cool new fabric that is sustainable for our planet like that's such a cool job to think about that <laughs> someone is creating new fabrics um versus like yep. petroleum-based fabrics right so yeah 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 for sure and and like that's the whole debate of like oh cotton well it's a natural resource and it takes a lot of water but it's natural versus like polyester, which is, you can say, well, it's recycled pop bottles and it's taking balls out of the ocean, which is great. But there's an argument too that says, well, if you use those shirts, polyester and too much too often, it actually 
leeches into your skin. The right. chemicals leach into your skin because you're wearing it kind of like, you know, what lotion you put on yeah. your body. So I, to be honest, I don't know what the right yeah. answer is. Um, but the things that you talked about, like, do you really need it? Right. Setting a budget, uh, all that stuff. Like that's important because that's like, everyone should ask a question, which will change the demand and supply structure for the textile right. industry. And if demand is lower, supply will go up and these companies will make hopefully less. Hopefully, yeah. Um, but but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is the big yeah. problem is hopefully less and not just being dumped and into the yeah recycle bins or whatnot. One more piece of advice uh, to send us off here is what would you tell anybody, maybe some local Calgarians that are thinking about whether it's a clothing brand or any other kind of business uh, and want to be sustainable or want to operate in a sustainable manner. If you're talking about the clothing industry, if you look at clothing, um, a lot of times it's, it's really about the social media images, the logo. Um, and, and I, that's okay to a certain degree, but I think that in order to be successful, in order to be meaningful, you have to have a messaging that's deeper than that. So I think that when you're doing your research, you have to find what personally and professionally resonates with you and find one or two key pillars that you're going to kind of right. hang your hat on and really say, these, these are my principles. This is the ethos of the company and my company strategy, operations, everything will revolve around these pillars. Um, because if you don't set that stake in the sand and if you don't have those standards, then you're kind of just like a lot of other clothing companies out there and then, then what's, right. where is the why, right? Like, why would someone buy from you? So, you know, whether you're donating your proceeds to some local charity or whether it is, you know, made in Canada, whether it's a special right. fabric, um, you know, something that resonates with people, it's pretty easy to start mm -hmm. a clothing company. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and so you see a, a lot of people trying to do it. And, you know, some succeed, some don't. And the reason it's easy is because you don't have to go through like food, health, mm -hmm. safety, things like beverages and food does, uh, mm -hmm. or coffee, right? And so you, you can do anything you want and kind of fly under the radar, to be honest with you. And I've seen that. I've seen, I've made some mistakes myself. I've seen lots yeah. of other people do it. And it's like, you know, there's no, no one's going to, the clothing police aren't going to call you up and say, hey, you got to <laughs> right. shut down and you got to change this. Um, that's pretty much it at this point. Thanks for all your um, insight and your experiences and whatever you could provide uh, information here for me today. It's been definitely insightful and uh, nice having somebody that's kind of been on the inside and has yeah, a different no, perspective on Yeah, no, thanks for inviting me and, you know, I don't do these chats very often anymore. So it's, it's nice to kind of like reinvigorate things and get, you know, different questions and different perspectives. Yeah, remind yourself yeah. and look at things a yeah. little bit differently for sure. Okay, thanks again, Tommy. All the best uh, to you. I will. Tom yeah, Courtney. have a great weekend, thanks, Monica. Okay, thanks. Bye. Take care, Tommy. Bye bye. Wow. So as you can see, a lot of conversations that we have about sustainability uh, kind of tend to snowball or to tornado even. Um, <laughs> 
tornado yeah tornado or you know totally start to trickle down Um, because it is you know there's not just obviously one answer it's it's hard to look at because it is a systemic issue but I think from my perspective as a consumer and when we talk about conscious conscious consumerism it's starting to recognize how much power you know maybe our vote doesn't count as a lot but our money counts as a lot well that's just that you vote with your money right yeah yeah so where you spend your money and how you choose to spend it you're supporting that person that you're spending it and that's where people need to start looking at is you know do what you're buying why are you buying it? Is it aligning to like the reason that you're buying it? Is it aligning with your values? Like we talked about veganism, like think about those purchases those people are making because they're, that's a high conscious consumerism. If you're a vegan, right? Like you're thinking a lot about those purchases. Yes. And there's always a why behind it. Yeah. And again, that's an extreme not everybody is ready to go to. Um, But, you know, creating that balance for yourself is key. Um, And, you know, I just loved how he kind of sticked, like I said, behind his philosophy. And, you know, you can't feed your family if if you're going on this kind of business because that's the way society is built right now. Yeah. Um, You know, but buying some investment pieces which we've talked about previously that that is huge um well i liked the how he talked about how they aren't the kind of company that's got like sales going on every other week mm-hmm. or they're not constantly flipping um their designs and stuff because it's not fast fashion that's not what it's meant to be yeah definitely not his um yeah, they only, I've known him for a few years now, four or five years that the Alberta Apparel's been going on, but this Christmas they finally got joggers. So um, I know that was a big step for them, and they look beautiful, like they look so well made and super cozy. They do look uh, super cozy. Yeah, you can check it out. Anyways, uh, I will, we will have his link on our website because they do a lot of local things. They do a lot of like pride support. They've got a pride toque. They've got some kid outfits. Um, yeah, and they're a great family and he's doing some great things. Um, also speaking on the fashion revolution thing, I just want to touch on that quickly because I saw something on Instagram. So we'll have a link uh, also to fashion revolution because they do a lot of things and they're revving up for fashion week of some sorts in April. Uh, and they're starting to advertise right now around that. Um, in the, not like fashion week in Paris or whatever, but more of fashion week around that fast fashion revolution. So fashion revolution week, fashion revolution week. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, I love that he was able to take time out. Um, and uh, you know, chat with us on that sustainability piece. So that brings me to my challenge this week. All righty. What's it going to be this week? Hashtag support local. <laughs> I want you to show me something local. We've done a thrift brag. Uh, last week we did that. Um, <clears throat> last week was a thrift brag, I think. Yeah. So this week we're doing support local brag. Um, we want to see who who you uh come up with and if it's you know we want to share share the wealth of information right 
Yeah, totally. We would, I would love to have a running hashtag of all the local fantastic sustainable fashion designers. Um, yeah, so give us a hashtag on that. So support local. Love it. Yeah. So that's our weekly challenge. And we'd love it if you follow us on Instagram at YYC, And you can see all of our previous uh, challenges and hashtag us there with any photos or any follows that you have for us. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on any platform that you are listening to it on and leave us a review because it gets us more exposure. For sure. And we're always interested in hearing what you have to say. So whether it's social media reviews or an email, we would love to hear from you and what worked well and what didn't. Uh, And we can't wait to uh, see you next week. Can't wait. Yeah, all we have to say is see you next next Tuesday. Tuesday.